0: Self-resilient, and what does that even mean to you? In this podcast, Resilient Entrepreneurs with Two for One, we chat with business owners about what resilience means to them, and we go deep.
1: What we've learned running our own businesses: you're never alone, even when it feels like it. So, tune in anytime to this podcast. We're always here for you, celebrating resilient entrepreneurs just like you. We're Lauren Vicky from Two For One, a marketing company for early stage business owners who want to launch, grow and be resilient.
0: Most- Kids mow the neighbor's lawn for an extra buck. But our girl Laura, now an industry leading graphic designer and brand strategist, when she was a kid, Laura repaired lawn mowers for the neighborhood. She's been taking it to the next level since she was a child. No wonder I love working with you. And what do you do when you're five months pregnant and you unexpectedly lose your job in a redundancy? Tune in to hear what Laura did next. Now celebrating ten years as an entrepreneur, Laura describes what freedom really feels like. And if you're getting ready to launch launch a new business or a new product. She's most passionate about this topic. So this episode is for you. Partner, let's do this. Well, hello and welcome to Laura Ann Bell. It is my absolute privilege and pleasure to introduce you to the Resilient Entrepreneurs Podcast today. And it is my privilege and pleasure to have you as my esteemed business partner.
1: Oh, thank you. Same, same,
0: same. (laughs) So it's our turn to dig deep and learn a little bit more about you. We're going to be asking entrepreneurs all about them and their journeys through this Resilient Entrepreneurs Podcast series and why not start with you. So we have a bit of an icebreaker for you. Tell us what was your first ever job and how old were you?
1: Oh, always a favorite question. I mean, I won't include like the lemonade stands that I think me and my friends used to have on the side of the road when we were very little. But my first job that I recall really actually making money um, was fixing lawnmowers, believe it or not. (laughs) Yeah, I was really good at it too. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like cutting the grass per se, but I could actually fix a lawnmower. My grandmother's friend, who lived with her back in the day, used to have a lawnmower repair business. It was just his hustle. And he taught me how to fix the lawnmowers so I could fix the pulley and kinds of things in the engine and change up plugs and all this good stuff. Yeah, that's what I learned how to do. And it was really cool. And I got $20 a lawnmower. and I was very proud of that. Yeah. How old were you? I think I was about 11 or 12. Wow. Yeah, $20 yeah.
0: a pop. That's a pretty
1: lucrative business right from the get go. It was good money. It bought a lot of candy at Jack and Jill's back in the day. That <laughs> <laughs> was, I think, all I spent my money on of at that age. <laughs> so sweet. Uh, Yeah. And then the next job I really remember was working at a nursery school when I was 13. Because what happened was the summer before I was 12. And my mom, you know, as moms do, need to find a way to keep their children busy during the summer. So she put me in sailing camp. And no offense to my sailing friends out there, I hated it. Hated it. Didn't like it. Was terrified of it. I didn't like the deep water. I didn't like the thought of animals I couldn't see swimming below me. I didn't like any of it. I tried every which way I could not to ever have to do that again so the next summer I was like right I'll get a job I'll find a job mom don't worry I'll find something to keep me busy and I got a job working at a nursery school for this summer as like a counselor and it was amazing and then after that I always worked and hustled and made money every holiday I possibly could
0: I love it (laughs) and I'm sure all those skills have come forward in your current business you know many of our members and clients people who listen to this podcast and watch it on YouTube they're in their early stages of business yeah. So tell us a story. Take us back to the very beginning when you became an entrepreneur. How did that happen? And what was it like in the first few months?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I did not plan it. <laughs> it kind of all happened for me. Although I will say, I think I've always been an entrepreneur at heart because I've always had a hustle. Even when I had a full-time job, I always had a side job. I was a graphic designer by trade. That's what I went to school to learn. And I was always able to pick up, you know, side jobs doing graphic design for all kinds of different businesses and clients along the way. So, you know, I would do that on evenings and weekends and whatnot. So anyway, it goes back to 2012. I was five months pregnant with my daughter, my second child, and I was made redundant from my job. And it was terrifying (laughs) at the time. Being in that position, my son was already in school and he was at a private school. So there was bills there. I had a mortgage. I had all the reasons why, you know, all of a sudden becoming an entrepreneur was absolutely terrifying. But because I was pregnant, I kind of had the mindset of like, am I going to go look for a job at this point? It didn't seem to really make sense to look for a job and knowing that I'd be going on maternity leave in a couple of months. And what does any of that look like? So because I'd had that side hustle going, I was like, well, let's give this a try and see if that works. So I kind of just jumped in like two feet. You know, just started talking to more clients, picked up more clients. As people knew I had more availability, it kind of started to build. And it really just grew and built sort of organically that way. And after a few years, I had a little moment of wobble and I thought, oh, maybe I'll go back into the corporate nine to five world because, you know, all the worries that you have and security and, you know, not having health insurance paid for you and all these things started to get to me. And so, yeah, I went on a little wobble and applied for all these jobs. And thankfully, none of that worked out. (laughs) And I kept going on the entrepreneur path.
0: Sounds like the universe had other plans for you.
1: Yes. And I'm really glad it did. But doing that exercise of applying for jobs, I think it helped to clarify a lot for me. Because I started to think about, you know, what would loss of freedom look like? And, you know, what would I be trading going back into the nine-to-five world and yeah the trade-off just really wasn't worth it and I kind of did look at everything from my finances to my freedom and I was like you know what No, the entrepreneurship thing is working it just takes a little more perseverance and I kept pressing on and there you go and I would never go back <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but back then yeah it was there was a moment there was definitely a moment of like woo, weighing it all up
0: it feels like the safer option doesn't it sometimes and it also yeah. feels like an easier option because entrepreneurship isn't all glam fam, you know, It's there's a lot of waking up in the morning just not feeling like it or feeling exhausted or just like you've been trying so hard at one thing and it doesn't seem to be resulting in what you dreamed of or what you wanted. And sometimes it's just easier to think, oh, I'm going to do something else. But then it's usually at those moments I find that just take one more step and it all comes open. (laughs) It all works Uh out.
1: It's Mm -hmm. so true. And especially in those early years, you know, when you haven't quite met the salary you used to have, or, you know, maybe it's really hard to pay bills this month because clients haven't paid you and, and all those things. And yeah, there's definitely the early years is, is a lot harder. I think now I'm just in a totally different space, but back then in the beginning, it was very stressful and very worrying when you have kids and responsibilities, it's a lot harder to take the leap into entrepreneurship but certainly wouldn't give it up now. Yeah, and it's been 10 years now, Laura? It has been 10 years. I'm very excited to celebrate my 10-year anniversary this year, which I like to tell people only 30% of entrepreneurs make it to their 10-year marks in one business, and I have, and I'm really, really proud of that. You should be, definitely. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you.
0: So you've talked a bit about the freedom of being an entrepreneur. Is that what you would consider to be the best thing about it, or what else would you say is the reason for being an entrepreneur
1: the highlight yeah Definitely the freedom is a huge part of it, especially as a mom, as a single mom, having the ability to be there for my kids, to go to sports day without having to ask for time off. You know, it's really small stuff like that that makes a big difference. Or if my kids are, you know, homesick, I don't have to worry about juggling. They can come lay on the couch and I can pull up the laptop and keep working. You know, being able to just roll through the pandemic, too, is a big part of it. I was able to just kind of keep going. I was already used to working from home. It was very normal for me to have this type of situation where a lot of people had to majorly adjust to work from home. That has been my norm for the last decade. So the freedom is definitely the biggest part, but also the ability to really control my own destiny. You know, I'm not having to wait for a boss to give me a raise or look for another job when one falls through. Like it's really all on me to build whatever type of career life I want. And that's amazing.
0: Yeah, I've heard you share the expression before, when you're an entrepreneur, it's all on you, and it's all on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm a person that I will admit I like control. I like to be in control of my life. The hardest thing I find in anything is when I'm out of control or I can't manage my own situation. So like having that control over my life is where I like that it's all on me. Like I like that part, that feels good to me because it's like whether I win or lose, whether I fail or succeed, it's on me. So it drives me. I find that very empowering and very much makes me, you know, want to get up in the morning, want to work hard, want to do well for my clients, want to create beautiful things because it's just all on me. And I don't have to rely on anyone else. And I don't really have people relying on me other than kids, of course, but I mean within my career it's all on me. So yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It's really, just a matter of perspective, but it's also stressful too, because at the end of the day, those bills are all on you as well. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I guess, you know, what you charge clients, how you package your products, all of that is within your control too or as a business partnership, it's within our control. So I think, you know, being an entrepreneur allows you to play with some of that and really stretch your offerings and see what you're truly worth. You know, that whole conversation about what are you worth and are you paid what you're worth in an employment situation. Not to say that this whole episode is about employment bashing, because it isn't. I mean, (laughs) jobs are very useful things and Even as entrepreneurs, we are hiring people, and they are employed. So, you know, it's a two-way street.
1: Both of yeah, exactly. And but the thing I love to say when people are kind of on the fence about entrepreneurship is like, well, you're either an entrepreneur or you work for one. So that's kind of right. Because if you think about every business in the world, is started by an entrepreneur at some point. It was created by someone or partnership of people like two for one has been, but still it's, it's created by entrepreneurs. So we're creators, you know, that's the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship. And when you are a creative, whether it's like fine art creative, like I come from, or in lots of other ways, but we're creating stuff. We find needs, we fill needs, we create things that people need. And it's so exciting to be that, to be builders, you know, we are building the next you know, going forward. And I, I that's actually, I think another one of my favorite parts of entrepreneurship is the build, you know, being able to build and create stuff. We've talked about that plenty of times, how much we just love development. <laughs> it's <so> addictive.
0: <laughs> it really and is. We were laughing, um, just for the sake of our listeners and viewers, we were laughing the other day and saying, what if we just did a business where we just built products? We could just be in product development. And that's what we do because we're just so addicted to doing it.
1: And yeah. <laughs> we're good at it. <laughs> we're good at it, and it's so fun. And honestly, you got to tell people when you when you work with two for one, you got to be careful what you ask for because yeah, we, we, we we'll be like ready to build something for you. You come to us with an idea, and we're like, yeah, let's go, let's run with it, because we just get really excited in that space. It is yeah. so. Awesome to work in that startup space and to work with people who just have that idea, you know, and they're kind of figuring out how to make it a tangible reality. It's like the best time because you can just brainstorm and come up with every which way it could work and then narrow it down to what's actually going to work and move forward with that. And that's such an exciting space to be in.
0: It really is. And I love it when someone will come to us with an idea because that's their baby. That's their idea. And they already have a vision for it and then when they come to us we just blow it up so much bigger because I think you know as a person with an idea we don't really give ourselves permission to dream that big but because we're coming from the outside we can just take that and say oh I can see it being applied here and you could do that and you could do this and and what if you collaborated with this kind of a group and people's heads start spinning. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. I love part, it so much. part, they'll leave with gratitude and, and with the bigger thinking. Yeah.
1: I think that's something that, especially those of us that come from a small community, Wherever you come from, a you know small town or small country like Bermuda, you know it's often it's easy to stay in that small-minded thinking and think your market is only you know sixty thousand or half of that or a quarter of that or a tenth of that whatever your target is, and you start thinking you've got to you know stay within these borders and within this mindset, and you know we believe so much bigger than that, right? We believe this is a great place to start. I tell people all the time Bermuda is the best place to beta test anything because we have such great infrastructure and, you know, intelligent people and well-educated people and diverse backgrounds and all that, like test anything here and then go global. Like we got to think big. So like, no matter where you come from, you just got to think bigger than that. And then the world's your oyster, you know, because often the needs we have here, are the same needs people have elsewhere. You know, yeah. and now we're Absolutely. so interconnected, right? We've mm. got availability of the internet and social media and all of that to, to reach people anywhere. So why do we think so small? Why do we limit ourselves so it's much? It's all That's... about
0: limiting beliefs, isn't it? Mm, yeah. yeah. It's a or small we can talk about world, that. as we say.
1: Yeah, we could talk about limiting beliefs for days. I mean, I know I've definitely dealt with that and suffered through a lot of imposter syndrome over the year, raising my prices, which you mentioned a bit earlier about prices it's one of the hardest things I've had to figure out the the thing I think I like the least is the billing and the pricing and all of that. I just want to do the work. I just want to be creative. I just want to create beautiful things for people, but having to bill for it, I find really, really hard. And then what is your worth? Like, you know, how can I charge this much? Am I worth this much? Will they pay this much? Will I lose a client because I raise my prices? I think all doesn't like matter. normal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's something you learn,
0: right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah but absolutely you know knowing your own worth it is probably one of the hardest things to grapple with as an entrepreneur and I was going to ask you I guess what's the downside of it and also have you ever been in a place you mentioned before that you had a kind of a topple where you thought you'd go back into full-time employment and you started applying for some jobs etc was there ever a time when you just thought I've had enough I'm going to quit this like, I'm just not doing this anymore. Did that day ever come?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I was very close there. Well, what happened was in 2015, I was becoming a single mom, right? So I was making a choice to leave my relationship and take on it all by myself, you know, with two kids, you know, both in school. And, you know, all of a sudden it was was literally all on me. You know, I didn't even have a partner to sort of lean on to help. And um, that was really probably the scariest time it was like, you know, the part I questioned the most, could I do it? I mean, I had matched the salary I was making when I was working full time. So I was proud of that. Like I'd come up to my salary, but now it was all the, you know, the pressures of doing it all on my own. So I got really scared and that's why I started applying for jobs. And one worked out amazingly because once I found out the salary was less than I was already making with none of the freedom. And I was like, okay, that's an easy forget that. Right. And then the other one was, was really juicy and something I would have loved to have done. And I got really like excited. I got down to like a second interview. It was so close. And then they just decided not to fill the position. They sort of changed what they were doing internally. And it was heartbreaking because I, I was kind of like, I kind of gotten ready to go back with that. Right. Cause it was, going to be more money. It was going to be, you know, the type of job where I would have been in a managerial position and I would have, you know, it was a good step up. And then I thought, thank God I didn't get it. Cause honestly, I think it would have changed the trajectory of my life so much. And definitely I had some divine intervention, I think helping with that. It did turn into projects with the business and it turned into a lot of great things came out of that. So I'm glad I went through that process, but all of that taught me, like one, that I was actually doing better than I thought I was, so that was really helpful. And two, I had to really examine, do I move forward? Do I give up? You know, Do I quit the entrepreneurship? How much did I like the entrepreneurship thing? And then it gave me, I think, the real push to go further and faster, and that helped. And then I will say, when we started two for one, I wasn't ready to quit at all, but I was definitely ready for next step. Because I kind of knew doing this on my own forever wasn't going to be good. You know, I kind of was like... I just, I didn't see it going much further by myself. I really was looking for a partner and that's why two for one came along at the exact perfect time. And when we started building together, it's just been exponential since then. So I would actually recommend anyone out there who isn't a a solo entrepreneur, if you can find the perfect partner, the right partner that really not matches your skills, but rather complements them and build something together, it's not like two plus two equals, you know, it just goes so much bigger than that. It's just, it's, it's massive. It's a big difference. I think what it's given me is the confidence to take bigger risks. And that was the hardest part about being a solo entrepreneur was taking risks. You know, I definitely played in the safe zone for most of that time. I would
0: have to agree with you there, partner. <laughs> it also helps me think bigger because I'm thinking bigger for someone else. It's always yeah. when you're doing something for someone else um, that somehow you're willing to stretch a little further.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very true.
0: Very true. Yeah. So what about failures? Talk to me about failures in your entrepreneurial
1: journey. I don't know if I have any like really big failures, but I think that's partly because I haven't taken really big risks. mm mm-hmm you know so that might not be a good thing right that may not be a good thing I think failure is really important to learn and grow from but I think because of the level of responsibility I was managing by the time I was an entrepreneur it was very hard to take risks I stayed very safe you know kept clients happy kept going kept my prices as low as I could you know that was sort of my mindset was just keep them happy keep them good you know stay safe I think if I had been in my 20s when I became an entrepreneur or even just before kids i think i would have probably taken bigger risks and and had greater failures i definitely made mistakes (laughs) i can talk about mistakes that i've made (laughs) you know in graphic design mistakes kind of come with the territory there's spelling issues and yeah i kind of made a big spelling mistake on the front cover of a commemorative magazine i spelled commemorative wrong (laughs) five thousand you know printed like uh five thousand in publication Oh, pretty, pretty painful only found out you know after it was published and so a lovely and friend just pointed it out oh yeah distributed oh yeah oh. I'm that's fantastic uh,
0: so there was no <laughs> pulling it back and doing a reprint no,
1: no, nope, nope, it was good and done. I mean, you know, I I learned a lot from that. I think I've been quite a particular person my whole career, anyway. But <laughs> boy, am I particular maybe now! <laughs> I
0: know why. And in fairness, Laura, I'm certain <laughs> that you weren't the only one looking at that front cover before it went to print. So,
1: no, yeah. that is true. It went a through bit of you a few.
0: break want. on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try, I try, but it's hard. It's oh, hard. Yeah,
0: still living with it. <laughs> All right. So let's jump in a time capsule. We're going to go back 20 years. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, I
1: love that question. You know what? I would take risks. Definitely. Don't be afraid to take risks. Learn your value earlier. Charge more. (laughs) Increase your prices. But really, the biggest one is get a mentor. I think that would have made a big difference in my life. I think having a mentor. Would have helped me be braver, take those risks, but also just, I don't know. I'm a really big believer in get help when you need it. But I've always been a kind of super hyper-independent person. I think it's my coping mechanism. (laughs) But yeah, being hyper-independent is definitely something I've had to work on. And with a business partner, I've been more aware of it than ever, which is a good thing. But certainly, that I think would have helped. So get a mentor. I'd advise that for anyone. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, just get a mentor. You know, Talk to people. And they really help you, I think, progress in your career faster. Find someone who is where you want to be. Really, and just get in there and talk to them, meet with them, make it a regular thing. They will help give you that confidence you need, that advice you need to just progress further faster.
0: Who would you consider to
1: have been your best mentor in life? I'm very lucky in that I came from a family of entrepreneurs. I definitely think that helped my journey be a little easier. Like my mom's an entrepreneur. My sister's an entrepreneur. Lots of other friends and people in my life are entrepreneurs. So I would say my mom's been a huge mentor in my life. She's a very grounded person. She gives amazing advice. She listens extremely well. But she was not really a risk-taking person either. So she still kind of looks at me like I've got three heads when I tell her some of the things I'm doing. (laughs) She's like, are you sure that's a good idea? Yeah, Mom, probably isn't, but I'm doing it anyway, you know, taking the risk, going for it. Yeah, I've had a couple of mentors in the arts world, you know, as a fine artist. Bruce Stewart, some, you know, locals probably know of Bruce Stewart, really helped me when I was looking for university and helped me with my portfolio and just kind of encouraged me to go after being an artist. Because, you know, it's again, and that was kind of a risky thing, I guess, back then. Yeah. Yeah. Because sure. everyone was like, I was very good at school. I was an easy A student. I loved school. I you know it all came quite easy to me but I wanted to be an artist right I loved art so it was kind of like well how do I be an artist and have a career because I also knew I wanted to be independent and not you know live at home forever so I went with the graphic design route which was very smart I think I look back and that was a very smart decision very practical, you? Very practical. yes mm-hmm. I am a bit practical person <laughs> but even that you know when plenty of people were saying well why don't you be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant you've got the grades for it you can go to Any university you can get a scholarship. Couldn't get art scholarships back then, you know, but was like one available, I think, even that. So, you know, that was a pretty big decision to make. Yeah, I'm very glad. I had a great art teacher in high school that really, really helped. Just encouraged me to keep going with it. Yeah, teachers
0: can make such a difference in the path of a person's life. Incredible. So we're called the resilient entrepreneurs. What does resilience mean to you?
1: I think it's perseverance. You know, it's really just keep going through the hard times. I will admit I've had a couple years ago, you know, a whole month where I had zero dollars in my bank account, like nothing. Clients owed me money, couldn't get them to pay. And I still had to buy groceries and, you know, all the things. And it got really kind of scary. You know, the covers were bare and the bills were piling and I was getting really stressed up and scary, but it was just keep going through it, you know, just keep pushing through it. And then the next month was better. And the next month was better. And then I have been determined to never see that again, right? that does kind of help you away
0: for the rainy day
1: Mm -hmm. right you kind of learn because entrepreneurship is a roller coaster it really is You know, there's going to be months when you're swimming in it and fantastic, and everything is ticking along and it's easy and it's flowing, and everybody's clients are all paying their bills and there's nothing going on. And then things like pandemics happen, and you know, everything shuts down and life turns upside down. And it's just about pushing through because there's always something better. The next month is just a whole nother month, and the next year is a whole nother year. And every year it's grown and built and gotten better. So you just got to kind of keep pushing through.
0: Love that advice. One day at a time, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So look, it's been a joy getting to know you better. And we hope that our listeners and viewers have taken some nuggets of wisdom and inspiration from this. So let us know what you thought of it. And I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast, Miss Laura. (laughs) <laughs> thanks, Vicky. So thanks for joining us on Resilient Entrepreneurs. We're Laura and Vicky from 241. We love supporting entrepreneurs, especially with mindset, marketing, and motivation, which is why we've built an incredible community of business founders who meet weekly in the level Lovely. league. If you'd like to know more about it, look us up at 241branding.com.